Do you like maps? How about a detailed hand-drawn map that reflects your favorite people, places, and things? Visit Cartograph Me on Instagram or Facebook and see the possibilities and the works of artist Philip Bailey. Remember, Cartograph Me, putting you on the map. The Lord of the Rings and Finding Nemo dominated the box office. Frosted lip gloss and airbrush shirts were the fashion. And America got patriotic and renamed one of their favorite foods to Freedom Fries. The year is 2003 and this holiday episode is a long road about dead ends. I'm really upset that you didn't mention that that's the year that we started dating. We're going to expand our weekly video segment to take you into the back shelves of your local video store. Back where it says horror videos and where kids are devouring some awful films that we call the video nasties. Are you freebasing? Inquiring minds want to know. I have to break free from this culture of mechanical reproductions and the thick encrustations dying on the surface. What the prime time gets. Pain, I can assure you, will be exquisite. As for our deaths, come with me and be immortal. We have such sights to show you. We've gotta return some video. Hello, horror hounds, and welcome to the It Slays podcast. I'm your humble host, Rowan. It's Exilia. And this is the classic 80s Garbage Pail Kid sticker, Michael Mutant. Mike! Uh, so normally, Rowan does a question, and I have commandeered that this week. So on uh, Instagram, I asked everybody what their the best movie they saw in 2020 was. We got two responses so final girl nick said gretel and hansel Ooh, that threw me off because normally it's hansel and gretel yeah i haven't seen that one i want to see it though it's spanish i believe have you heard of that one mike i've heard of it um i've heard good things i haven't seen it myself yet but yeah yeah um you know being being a big fan of final girl nick and knowing her spectacular taste i'm sure it's gonna bump up on my list of uh, to be watched for sure and our second one was colton so cje simpson he said for movies that were released in 2020 he said host uh as well as the invisible man now we did watch host at the beginning of the pandemic yes we did and i really like that yeah i thought it was quite good actually it really i think when i watch it again in the future it will bring back all the zoom meeting memories from 2020 <laughs> minus like the death and stuff but and we haven't seen the invisible man yet we we, we own owned it. it we've owned it since it came out and just haven't watched it yet oh the um the new one with uh elizabeth moss elizabeth moss oh yes mike i don't know if you know this story but when we lived in toronto i think it was the first birthday i had there we went myself rowan samanda tim Brittany, all these people went to this place called lakeview diner which is a 24-hour diner where they like film movies and shit it's kind of cool i mean we went there all the time it was cool it was delicious um anyways we went for my birthday i think that's the first time we went and literally, like, 20 minutes after we left, our friends Brittany and Andrew were still there. And Elizabeth Moss came in and sat in the booth next to them because she was oh, filming Handmaid's Tale. my God. 
I almost cried. I would shit my pants. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I'm like Peggy Olsen herself. Yes. <laughs> I know, and it was... You're like, I love your work, and don't mind that shit smell. That's just me. <laughs> That's just me. Imagine, on my birthday, seeing Elizabeth Moss. Ugh, I was so, so upset. So anyway. close, too. So close. I know. Oh, well. That's okay. <laughs> I'll just live in regret forever. But... I mean, that's sort of how I live every day, so... <laughs> Welcome to my world, girl. So what were the best movies you guys saw in 2020? It's a tough one, um, because I know this is like a joke everybody has, but it truly, I have a problem with this anyway. Um, I, I'm not sure why, but it, it's been like it ever since I was a child. But I have a real problem with like kind of temporal space. Like my concept of time, I think, is really skewed compared to a lot of other people's and I know it's all relative but like time is a social construct yeah and I have I really have a problem with it um and because so much stuff happened this year and I know obviously everybody has that complaint and everything has been happening to everybody but like even before the kind of worldwide things were happening like we had you know the horrific snowstorm here that shut everything down for almost two weeks and that felt like a month and I don't know anymore like what happened this year and what didn't. So anything, like I've now been marking everything as since I moved. <laughs> I moved from my old apartment to my new one the last few days of August of this year. So really my new marker for this year is there's a blob of everything before that that is indetermined. And then everything after that is kind of like what I'm judging it by. So because of that, um, I, really the only things I can say for sure that I watched this year, because everything else seems like a, a lump in four years ago, was something that we watched, you know, fairly recently for this podcast, and that was House. Um, yes. If you were talking the best movie, the best horror movie, I know I watched better, like, you know, you know, we had Parasite and all that, and I know technically that was probably this year, although I can't say for sure. But I like, guess I should say like not best, but like what was your favorite? Okay. No, be- favorite like like House impacted me on a level that I can't even tell you. It's one of those like I said that I I I I had been wanting to soak in it for so long and I thought that when I finally watched it I was going to be really disappointed and I wasn't. Which to me just like screams, this is this is the movie that's going to stay with me for a very long time. And I just like, I still think about House all the time. Um, later, the, the night that I watched it, I messaged several people and was like, if you haven't seen this, please watch it so we can talk about it. So it was one As of those movies, right? And I, I like to me, that is absolutely the the mark of a of a good movie that's going to stay with you. Is like when you you're just messaging people, going like, "Can we please talk about this movie? Watch it! Like, I need to watch this again. I need to get this on Blu-ray. I need to own this. I want art of it. I have gifs of it on my phone. I'm trying to find posters to put up on my wall. So yeah, that's that's mine. House, honestly, it was it just profoundly impacted me and i just think it's such a great piece of art excellent rowan what about you me oh this is this is a hard one i'm trying to think this year i've watched a lot of things i like i have two i enjoyed perfect colton started the uh the cheating with picking two so i'll i'm the originator the originator (laughs) (laughs) one that i really like 
is what we just finished watching today. Is I really, we just actually sat down and watched I'm Thinking of Ending Everything. Or I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Yeah, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. And I really, really liked it. I've never been so confused in a movie. (laughs) Oh, isn't that a Kaufman movie? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. okay. I I have Uh, it on my list. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. And my second answer, which I think would probably be like, my number one pick is Spring. I really, really Spring, like that. that. That was the one I made you watch that's like the horror romance in Italy. Oh, Clearly she, like, it made no impact on her because she said, what the fuck is that? He, he watched it with uh, our friend Dustin and then made me watch it the next day. And he was really building up. He's like, this is the best movie ever. I... Blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, I honestly can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was okay. I really, really enjoyed it. And it's kind of slipping my brain now. I can't think of like the the duo that makes it. But they're the guys that do like The Endless and uh, Ravenous. And they had that newer film out like last year or the year before called After Midnight. I think they were producers on that one. But it's just like an indie romance horror. And I just really, really liked it. Just my my bag, I guess. Did the girl have wings? She had all, all different kinds of things. I really can't. I like <laughs> vaguely remember watching it. Obviously, this won't make it Julia's <laughs> pick. But Exilia, how about you? Uh, so I have two. Much like Mike, uh, House is like number one. I absolutely love it. I like our. I loved watching it with Rowan. It was so funny. I want the poster of it. Mm -hmm. I have like part of the picture that I made for the cover as my uh, lock screen. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, you're like me. You're on Redbubble. Like I want house totes and t-shirts and phone (laughs) cases. Yeah, yeah. My house shirts like. I wear it all the time. I I just, it's such a fun movie. And it's just, yeah, it's so interesting. So we were watching um, Eli Roth's History of Horror and they were talking about, uh, so the new season has like an episode about like haunted houses. And they didn't talk about house, but they kept showing like random clips. And I was like, ah, and I was so disappointed when they didn't talk about it. But yeah, House is amazing. Definitely watch it. My other one is Brain Damage. I I talked about this before. It's one of the ones that I had watched in October. And I just, I really liked it. I th- it. It's just like a horror comedy from the 80s. And I thought it was fun, but it was also like, I love the colors. I like, I love Aylmer, who's like the monster guy. Um, Yeah, so those are my movies i like those picks i would i would have said house but i've i've seen house before this year yeah a couple that's fair yeah so but very good pick i would have picked that as well well it's time to get into our film it was my pick for the holidays and i wanted to go a little kooky a little weird so i picked for this wonderful holiday film called dead end directed by Jean-Baptiste Andre, 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 as well as uh, 
Febreze Canapé. Febreze? Yeah. <laughs> Febreze. They have French names, and I sure don't know how to say them. I can't even say English names. <laughs> this is true. If there's one thing we've learned, you cannot even <laughs> say English names. So let's get into the trailer, and then uh, we'll be back with the letterbox bio. else just like the least bit freaked out that we are the only car on the road right now we just happened 30 already darling yes i'm aware of that laura i thought we'd come to a junction by now stop i saw a woman in the forest cool dad's tripping out oh my god what the hell was that in the woods don't come over here for god's sake i'm pregnant i smoke pot talk about a merry fucking christmas what if she gets it first the lady in white don't worry she's dead So the bio is, read the signs. Christmas Eve, on his way to his in-laws with his family, Frank Harrington decides to try a shortcut for the first time in 20 years. It turns out to be the biggest mistake of his life. I think that's a terrible bio for this movie. I feel like, I mean, it's hard because they don't want to give, like, too much away. And I don't think they want you to know how much of, like, a crazy shit show of a watch it is. They just want you to go in being like, oh, yeah, it's just... He's on a road. He's on a road, whatever. Uh, so let's first talk about uh, some people that are in the film. Exilio, why don't you uh, start? We've decided we're going to do something new starting this episode where we each get to pick an actor in the film and, uh, yeah, we'll talk about them. So, I picked Ray Weiss. Who plays Frank. Who plays Frank. I would like to point out some notable, <laughs> some movies that I thought were notable. So, uh, well, also a TV show, Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike's reaction. So good. Also, RoboCop. And I picked RoboCop because when I was a kid, I used to be scared to death of RoboCop. I love RoboCop. <laughs> well, I mean, mom- you know, people should be scared to death of cops, so... <laughs> I'm just My saying mom- that was that was perhaps where your uh I think that was a seed for the rest of your life right there. <laughs> I'm scared of cops. Yeah. <laughs> My mom would always be like, Why are you scared of this? Robocop's good. And I was like, I don't know. Like I used to be so t- petrified I would bawl my eyes out every time I saw the show. Um or movie. I can't. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> Powder. Now, this one really, like, hits me in the heart. Because when I was a child, my... <laughs> 
I was very pale and my parents literally took me to the doctor to see if I was albino. Oh my god, the one where he has he has no hair and has like powers? Yeah, he's oh. he's like has Oh, Mary Steenburgen is in it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I also like how Exilly tried to play off that she was only pale when she was a kid. She's like the same amount of paleness. No, I was like way paler when I was a child, trust me. Like I was like a piece of toilet paper pale. <laughs> But she's, like, doing the, like, I'm pale Olympics, where she's like, my parents tested me for albinism. No, my parents, no, my parents literally took me to the doctor because I thought, because I had, like, white eye, like, white hair, white eyebrows, like, I was super, super white. And then, like, some people, a lot of people with albinism have pink eyes, but some people have blue. Yeah, I wasn't. Like, I don't have it, but it really... So my parents basically, like, showed me the movie. <laughs> They're like, this could have like, your this life. Is your people right here. Honestly, being pale was really traumatizing as a child. One of my friends in grade six said, told me when we were having a sleepover, oh, there's one thing I don't like about you. And I was like, oh, okay, what's that? And she was like, you're really pale. And I was like, okay. <laughs> People used to pig on me all the time for being so pale. I don't even know how to respond to that, to be honest. <laughs> it's true. I truly don't. I'm like, I'm at a loss I know, right it's now. a weird, well, it's a weird thing, I know. I'm too white, I know. Anyways, white people problems. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's also featured in the short film, The Girl with the Tramp Stamp Tattoo. (laughs) And I just thought that was funny because when I was 12, my mom took me to get a tramp stamp. (laughs) (laughs) Was she getting it or were you? What? Was she getting the tramp stamp or were you? I got it. Oh. I don't know why I thought your mom had a tramp stamp. No, my mom doesn't have any tattoos, but she took me when I was 12 to to get one. Everybody, everybody listening to this episode is expecting this, like, Christmas episode, but it's just <laughs> Exilia, like... It's just filled just with parents, childhood you know, traumas. Childhood traumas of Exilia. <laughs> and finally, he's in Unholy Moly. <laughs> and it's just the covers a picture of a bowl of guacamole with, like, three tortillas. Tortilla chips in it. Are they really sharp though? And it's like when you don't chew a tortilla all the way (laughs) and it like cuts as it's going down your throat and you're like, "Ah." I actually have no idea what it's about. Only Exilia would take this assignment and pick movies she's never seen. Unholy Unholy moly. And the girl with the. That's a short film. It's a parody of uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh, yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, reference. It was real subtle. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, how about you go next? Okay, so my actor is the, of course, they didn't even, like, discuss it. They were just like, we knew you were going to pick her. My queen of everything. I've worshipped her my entire life. Ms. Lynn fucking Shay. Like, oh, yeah. We know her from literally... 8 million things. This woman, her CV is straight up, first of all, everything. Like, she has been in, I'm gonna say, 300 movies at least. Sometimes she just has, like, a little cameo part, but, like, as soon as she walks on, you know her. She is, for non, like, horror freaks like us, people will always recognize her and they'll be like, oh my god, I know her, but I don't know what she's from. Because she's been in everything. But, like, she's straight up, like, her 
career is like comedy roles and horror roles, right? She's, so she's queen. She is a queen. We like she, you know, kind of broke out of the gate with like playing the teacher in Nightmare on Elm Street, which is what a lot of us horror freaks like. You know, maybe probably first saw her as. Um, but she's been in like something about Mary, the Insidious movies, the Ouija movies, which by the way are way better than um they should be. Yeah, they really are. She has been dead end, she's been in everything. Like literally, I can like this woman's career is storied. She is the sister of uh Bob Shea, who was the founder of New Line Studios, which of course was, you know, the studio that put out Nightmare on Elm Street, which is probably why she was in it. But like she just pops up in everything. Like literally everything. TV shows, like but we all love her as Magda in something about Mary. Like Oh yeah. You know, everybody like all anybody can ever think about something about Mary, I feel like, who's old enough to have seen it, because I feel like there's probably a lot of people now that haven't seen it because it kind of fell out of vogue. But like, you know, it's like Oh my god, that old orange lady's tits. <laughs> and it's like, that's Lin Shay. <laughs> Lin Shay is that proto Donald Trump. <laughs> oh my god. Because that's what I like I call that. her. I like that Amanda comparison. Something about Mary is proto Donald Trump. Fucking at me if you want. I don't care. Get in my DMs. Argue with me about it. Call me down to the dirt. Come at me, bro. Well, I have uh, picked Alexandria Holden, and she has been in some stuff, uh, kind of in that era. She was in Ed TV. She was in Drop Dead Gorgeous. Uh, she was in In and Out, which I remember so much more than I feel like I should. I uh, like oh, I remember yeah, the when Kevin that Klein movie, movie came right? out. Yeah. yeah, and uh, probably like not so great. She was also in a uh, hot chick, like that Rob Schneider comedy movie. I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, that but to kinda... be fair, at that time, that was like popular. That was something that you would like go out of your way to get your agent to get you in. Like, oh my god, a Rob yeah. Schneider movie, get me in that. That's gonna make my career. <laughs> Yeah, but more importantly, the most important thing she was in is a movie I absolutely love, which is Sugar and Spice. You would. Yeah, oh, I love that, that movie so much. That is such a royal movie. I can't believe that you <laughs> elevated Sugar and Spice over Drop Dead Gorgeous. <laughs> in Drop Dead Gorgeous, this woman lip syncs to Melissa Manchester in a wheelchair because she's anorexic while her hair is falling out. But I will give you Sugar and Spices cult classic, and it's so a fucking row pick. Love it. Rowan is, like, totally anti-DVD, and a few months ago, or maybe it was last year, kind of like... a couple months okay, ago. Okay, I was like, kind of like Mike 2020 has just been a blur, but yeah. he came home with a DVD of Sugar and Spice. That's how much he loves it. And can we talk about, like, how underrated marla sokoloff is and marley uh, shelton like that cast of that movie is so mm, good yeah. it's such a great cast i would also like to uh honorably mention the guy who plays richard harrington or dick harrington his name uncle is- dick <laughs> <laughs> yeah, un- uncle dick his name's mick kane and uh the only Ooh, other i love his french fries <laughs> <laughs> is hitting me right now (laughs) i didn't even think about that the only other thing he's in is the bold and the beautiful and i i just wanted to point this out because roan and i were watching something like last week and they were 
on whatever we were watching, they were watching something on TV, and I was like, oh, it's The Bold and the Beautiful, and Rowan's like, how the fuck do you know that? And I was like, because it was on when I got home from school before Passions, like, I had to finish watching The Bold and the Beautiful before Passions started. Did you not watch Passions, Mike? Um, well, here's the thing. When I got home from school, I would put on horrific horror movies instead of watching TV. (laughs) Instead of watching Passion. I, I had I had tapes full of like sitcoms and movies from the movie channel and all sorts of other stuff. I did not I okay, no, I did watch a bit of Passions because my friends at the time were into it, so I felt like I needed to watch it too. Yeah. And I feel like I understood that it was camp more so than other soap operas, but I think I was still not quite at the level of being and knowing that, like, embracing camp. I feel like I was kind of on that, like, knife edge of, I want to watch this because it's camp, but also I don't want to be caught watching it because it's camp, because that would reflect badly on me. You know what I mean? Well, I as, a, as a male of, a like, 12 years yeah. old... Camp was not something that you want to be associated with. Yeah, that's fair. I was in grade three when Passions was popular and everybody, well, I guess all the girls in my class loved it. And we'd always like talk about what Ethan was up to and what like Timmy and Tabitha. And um, I didn't have cable growing up. Like I had two channels and my parents don't really watch movies. So I had like random VHSs around. So they they only had powder. (laughs) We only had powder. (laughs) No, they had to rent that from Blockbuster. So CTV and CBC were literally like my only options of things to watch unless I was at other people's homes. Sad. This exilia is just like depressing this episode. (laughs) Did you go to people's houses based on if they had cable or not? Because like everybody else I knew had cable. I'm just going to say I had a couple of friends who had like really good cable setups and like big screen TVs with like surround sound speakers and stuff. And like, I'm not saying they were my friend because of that, but I'm I'm also saying that like we (laughs) definitely made choices to like watch movies and shit over there because... You know, I would like, I like one person, we became like, I became part of their family. And I'm like, this was very um, convenient for me because you guys have a 75 inch TV and this intense surround sound speakers that goes literally all over the house. Like there's speakers in every room except for the bedrooms. (laughs) So you're down, like we're here watching, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 for the 70th time. And her parents would be, like, down in their kitchen trying to, like, eat supper. And there's fucking speakers down there blaring, you know, (laughs) Freddy gutting people (laughs) in their ears while they're trying to eat. In our town, if someone back then had a 75-inch TV, they were, like, super rich. So, I They didn't hang out with the albino girl. (laughs) The albino girl with the tramp stamp tattoo. And no cable. (laughs) Um, So... Nope, I did not experience that. (laughs) Basically, my best friend had a TV in her room, which was like, I think she, and like a VCR and everything, like, I think she might have been the only one with, I, I did have a TV in my room, but it was like one of those miniature, like, five inch screen black and white TVs. So not like the most fun to watch things on. It had like the fucking like antenna you like pull up. Oh, that's grim. It was terrible. (laughs) 
then. Yeah, we would watch, we would watch cable at her house and I was there a lot. And then my grandmother had cable, but no, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know anybody with a TV that big. And my focus was more like, I liked that my friend had a uh, TV in her room because we could watch whatever we wanted. Did you still watch Passions? No, I watched Passions at my house. Oh, okay, okay. Let's talk about the Bechdel test, Exilia. Okay, so for those who don't know, the Bechdel test is uh, kind of a test to see how one-dimensional women are treated in movies, or I guess visual media in general. So it's, are there two women in a scene together? Are they not talking about a man? Are they named? And my added dimension, are they not white, able-bodied, you know, blah, 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 blah. So this is kind of a weird movie to do that for, I feel, because there's all of like six people in it. And they're they're not necessarily like, they're not swooning over men or anything in the movie. Uh, it didn't pass, but I think that's just kind of by the nature of the movie itself. Well, and I was going to say, like it's structure. hard with the test too, because the way the movie's structured, like you kind of don't get anyone's like character or backstory no. until like it's kind of revealing itself as the movie goes along. So. Yeah. And I mean, the main four people in it are a father and a mother and then a son and a daughter Yeah, exactly. who are in a car and then one of them and then another one is dead. So it's like the fact that it would fail the Bechdel test in this instance, and I'm sure many others, is not necessarily damning the movie itself. Exactly. As being anti-feminist, it's just, you know, if anything, a critique of, like, the nuclear family, right? Like, that kind of yeah. mother-father, son-daughter, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, obviously, everybody in this movie is white. Like, that's something to point out, but... Yeah, like, I mean, exactly. It's not damning to it. It's just not a good movie for that test. I agree. Well, let's talk about first experiences. Is this your first time seeing this movie? We'll start with you, Exilia. So, it's not. The first time I saw this movie, Rowan and I were living in Calgary. And he he would, in the middle of the night, just watch, like... I think his goal was to watch every horror movie. And uh, so he'd lay in bed with his laptop on his chest. And one night I woke up and he was watching this movie and I was just kind of laying there gonna go back to sleep and then I like was watching it and I ended up just watching the movie because I was like oh like what you know what's going on here like I was interested in it so yeah I, I liked it at that point so well I was gonna say in that watch you woke up like into it yeah so you hadn't even really seen the beginning or anything. No, I was just like, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> so yeah, well, I'll just go next. That obviously, this isn't the first time I saw it, because like Exilly explained, I saw it years ago. So how about you, Mike? Well, I first saw it years ago. Um, I will call it during my reefer haze days. <laughs> reefer haze. Reefer haze. <laughs> I, it was a very specific, like, year-long period of my life. You're I mean, sounding like a real Uncle Dick. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> much Uncle Dick. Um, except I'm not, like, cross me and I'll, like, beat you, bitch, like that guy is. <laughs> um, no, uh, one of my roommates years and years and years ago... Um, we used to just, like... I had this, like, brief period where I was between degrees and jobs... 
So for, like, a couple of months, I was just sort of, like, in a free-for-all, like, falling state. And my roommate at the time, like, we would very frequently stay up all night and, like, one or the other of us would be like, have you seen X, Y, or Z? Or let's, like, let's watch this. And we would just, like, get, you know, completely out of our gourds on one of his giant, you know, TV-sized bags of weed. And watch it. So the first time I saw it, I remember vividly was one night, you know, when I was living at this house and, you know, we it was like three o'clock in the morning and, you know, he was like, oh, have you seen this movie Dead End? And I'm like, no. And I looked at it, I was like, Lin Shay, like, first of all, <laughs> Lin Shay and Ray Wise, how have I never seen this? And we watched it and I was just like, oh, you know, like you, you when you watch these like, you know, kind of like trippy movies when you're high anyway, and it just like totally... Fl flicks a switch in you so that was the first time I saw it and honestly I was so like enamored with it and I just it like walloped me like it really just like smacked me in the face um but it was one of those movies that like I just never went back and rewatched but I cannot tell you how many times in the years after that I would sit say to people like have you seen this movie Dead End or if they were talking about like you know cult horror movies that they haven't seen or you know you know anything like that like I would always bring it up in context and be like watch this movie it was really good but I never went back and rewatched it for whatever reason. I always meant to. It was, but it was one of those that like affected me when I watched it for the first time so much that yeah, I didn't want it to be one of those like Nightmare on Elm Street three that I watched eight hundred bajillion times in my life. Like I would go, okay, I want to have like a have a night and set aside and watch this, or I wanted to show it to this person who hasn't seen it before. So I wanted to like make a ritual out of it and it just never happened. So then I was really grateful that you chose this movie because <laughs> I've been years trying to like rewatch it or show it to somebody again so yeah i mean that was I, I watched it that one time and it like really affected me for years afterwards um so it was it was really nice to watch it again so this is this was my second viewing for for the recording tonight well and i was gonna say like i i feel too like now that i've seen it i kind of want to add it in my plethora of Christmas movies like I have very ritualistic I watch these Christmas movies in Christmas season and like some of them are like this day yeah in the holidays in the holidays and I feel like this one's probably gonna get added because I I think it's a good it's a very different Christmas movie well because it's set on Christmas Eve but it doesn't like you know throw Christmas right in your face yeah no there's exactly. just the couple references to like the presents and yeah you know shitty dry experimental turkey yeah <laughs> I'm just assuming it's dry I don't think they actually ever said dry well let's get into those awesome questions such as favorite scene slash favorite kill. Exilia, let's start with you. So my favorite scene is the one where they're in the car before anything happens and the two parents are like bickering back and forth about going to uh, Lin Shay's mom's like well parents house and i can't i ugh, i wish i remembered all the stuff they said but i i literally was just like dying laughing <laughs> but that's the thing just... this movie has such a like dark <laughs> black comic streak to it yeah it, it just reminds me of like a conversation rowan and i would have or something like <laughs> I did look at Exilia many times, and I was like, this is literally us during the holidays. Yeah. When you, like, are forced to see, like, family members that you just don't want to see on either side, and you're just like, I hate you for dragging <laughs> me around. 
So yeah, I, I, that was probably my favorite scene. The kills, like, I mean, we don't overly see them until afterwards, except for Uncle Dick. I guess him, because the lady in white literally bit his, like, lower half of his face off, and he was just like, like he... <laughs> he was just like, oh, are you gonna fuck me now? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I wanna stick it in you. <laughs> So how about you, Mike? Your favorite scene? Oh, I will tell you right now, because I before I even rewatched the movie for our recording, I knew what scene I was going to pick as my favorite, because, again, I understand that when I watched it the first time, a lot of it blurred because um, I watched it while I was stoned. <laughs> and it happens. But I did, I remembered, like, a lot of it, and I remember the mood, and I remembered, a lot, like, a lot of the moments and, you know, the, the moods and stuff. But there's one part in particular that over the years, I forgot a lot of the movie. I mean, I, you know, I knew the beats, the major beats of the story and stuff. But like the one thing that if somebody said, have you ever seen Dead End? Would immediately jump into my mind because it's the one thing I always remembered and like would have nightmares about is the part after Lin Shay jumps out of the car and they find her and like the, that back half of her skull is gone. Oh, yeah. And, and she sticks her finger in it and then realizes that it, like, activates her, like, pleasure zone or whatever and starts, like, wiggling it around and starts, like, you know, like, essentially, like, having an orgasm and, like, fantasizing about her, like, the love of her life that she, you know, abandoned or whatever. And, like, I, like I've never forgotten that. And, like, the one thing I've always remembered is her, like, rubbing her brain and, like, <laughs> like stroking out and, like, having an orgasm to, like, this man that she never, you know, it's a great, it's a great scene. It's such, it, and it's so, it's so much more intense. I find than a lot of the other scenes. Like, there's something about that scene that just yes. always like really, like it was every. There, there are a lot of like intense little mini scenes in this, but like just for whatever reason, that one like, and and because it tied in with that like kind of like shock character development moment you get where she says like, "You're not his father. It's this other guy." And then that calls back to that moment where it's like, oh, you're my husband, but like, oh my god, this other guy. The last thing I'm thinking about when I'm sticking my finger in, like, my exposed brain is this other man. And it was just, to me, that, like, was such a an emotionally, like, walloping moment. I've never yeah. forgotten, and it's still my favorite part of that whole movie, I think. <laughs> I guess that's kind of a kill. It yeah, is a kill. Kinda. Well, because she dies right afterwards, because, you know, it's like yeah. her fucking exposed brain, like, you... That would be my favorite kill, too. Yeah. Yeah. See, we have the taste. Our taste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, thought that was hilarious as well. I, uh, I really enjoyed, uh, when Brad dies and they have to get the cell phone. <laughs> oh, my God. Ear. That and was And the ear is just dangling <laughs> ear, off of it. With the, 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 the earring. Yeah, the, like, the, I the, thought that was so the, good. The flip phone with the, yeah, uh, the antenna. antenna still pulled out of it. <laughs> but oh I will God. say. It's so 2003. <laughs> But I will say, like, and mine kind of ties in with yours, that I just really liked the whole kind of section where, like, she's unraveling. Oh, yeah. And, like, so she's, like, in the car and she's just, like, eating the eating pie. Eating the pie, yeah. yeah. And it's, like, very, like, black comedy-ish. But that's why, like, that's why I, like, said, that's why I mentioned um, when I was talking about her that, like, rift in her filmography yeah it's like all sorts of really gnarly horror shit but really funny comedy shit because she does both of those so well and i thought that's 
why she was such a brilliant addition to this movie. Because it was a very intense, like, kind of weird, out-of-space-and-time horror movie. But, like, she brought that, like, absolute black comedic chops to it. Like, that whole scene where she was losing her shit was both frightening as shit and hysterical. Yeah. Yeah, and she just, she rides that line so good because, like, that whole sequence is so unsettling. Oh, baby, you ride that line so good. Yeah. <laughs> just, that's just what it sounded like. <laughs> Sorry. If you wanna ride it, ride that line. <laughs> but, like, and especially, like, when when she gets out of the car and then, like, I couldn't really, it's been so long since I've seen it, I couldn't really remember, like, when and, like, how they all kind of, like, die. So, like, when she puts the shotgun in her mouth, I was, like, thinking that she actually shot herself. So I was, like, Yeah, you were, myself. like, how does that, how does that section of her skull come off? Yeah. Yeah, I so I was, like, kind of prepping like, myself hmm. for that yeah. and being, like, oh, this is, like, gonna be, like, really sad. And then, like, she doesn't. And then, like... She shoots him in the leg, and like you said, that then like that whole part is like comedic, because then like he's on the ground and he's not other than being shot in the leg, he's okay. And then like she's kind of just pretending it's not a big deal, and it's just a funny sequence that I feel like only Lin Shay could uh, pull off. One thing I did want to uh, talk about is I don't know about you guys, but I've never like had a pit stop on a road trip with my family. Where I pin porn to a tree <laughs> yeah, and so jerk off in the weird. woods. That was like the most bizarre thing ever. <laughs> I was just like, who does this? Oh, but, and the best part of it was um, the fact that he had his zippo out so he could see yeah, it. Like, I was like, girl, or, like, are you going to just catch Miss December on fire? Like, <laughs> I thought the whole time, I was like, I yeah. wonder if this catches on fire. And I'm going to say the fact that like, because there were so many like subtly comedic moments in this, you know, they really straddled that line of like horror and comedy. Like, and I think yeah. it was very subtle. Like, I think the, the comedy in it was much, it wasn't a black comedy. It was like a real pitch black comedy. Yeah. But, like the fact that they didn't do anything with like, you know, I don't, how am I going to say this without sounding like uncouth? The fact that there was no like cum shot humor on this sort of disappointed me. You wanted, you saying, wanted, I was uh... like waiting for like a, you know, maybe because me and my friends used to like stick nails in maple trees and like when the maple syrup started squirting out, hold lighters up to it and it would catch the, or the sap, it would catch the sap on fire. I just thought there was going to be something like that. And there just what? Was. Listen. Us Newfoundlanders do weird things out in the woods. Why would you try to catch the sap on fire? Because it's highly flammable. And if it's like coming out of the tree and you catch it on fire, it's like molten lava coming out of a tree. Yeah. I didn't know it was. I'm not. I'm in no way advocating that people do this, but it was real fun when you're a teenager. (laughs) The only thing I used to do with sap from a tree was put it on snow and eat it. You ate sap? I. Oh my god. Well, like from a maple tree. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we're talking just like, you know, trees out in the woods, like just kind of oh, like, okay. Okay. like just in general. Just in general. Yeah. This is the There's lots of trees podcast. that have sap, not just not just maples. Don't be such a like maple snob, okay? <laughs> oh my god. Also, I know I had written down uh I do I'm wondering what was going on in the mind of someone 
that was scoring this. Oh like, my god, the score is literally all over the place. I I can't even think of one. It sounds like it was no. So there's good. there's a few times when it's like this like hard rock like alternative music that clearly is similar oh, to like what the guy is listening to. Marilyn but then sometimes Branson? it's this this Marilyn Branson. <laughs> but sometimes it's this like weird acoustic music, and I'm like, what is it? What's the score of this movie? <laughs> I thought it was really funny because Marilyn Branson was obviously Marilyn Manson, and like they insinuated that that's what he was listening to. But the music he the music that they played wasn't Marilyn Manson. <laughs> No, it was more like like garbage or something. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it was weird. But then it would also it had like this weird like orchestral music that I'd like hear in The Witch or something. Right. Well, it's like my problem was this: there were moments when it was like diegetic music because it would segue from him putting his headphones on to the score, which was clearly meant to sound like what he was listening to. Yeah. Which I did not have a problem with. And I'm like, that's diegetic. Like, it's clearly, like, just segueing from his headphones to the, like, highway. But then there were some times when it would appear after he was dead. He was clearly not listening to it. It was clearly not diegetic music. But it would be this weird, like, you know, the previous score was orchestral, like, acoustic or whatever. And then all of a sudden it would be this, like, kind of, like, slightly electronic, like, electric guitar alternative score which was very very 2003 and it's like what like there's no reason for this to be used now because <laughs> it's not a segue from what he's listening to so like what it's just it's all over the place it was this weird schism which i mean maybe it worked i don't know Did now it work <laughs> it was weird but i it kind of fits the movie like the movie is weird so the movie is weird and all over the place you're absolutely right so i think i think it kind of does i did want to say because i saw an imdb uh because we were talking about marilyn bronson about this weird someone in the trivia section did this weird connection of marilyn manson to the movie so it says in the opening scene the father played by ray wise mentioned shock rocker marilyn manson which he calls marilyn bronson marilyn manson has a song titled wrapped in plastic which was inspired by a line in the television show twin, twin peaks, peaks which yeah. starred ray wise, ray wise and he was yeah. the one that said it if it's that deep and that was like I was like, that'd be so. It's like impressive. an Easter egg, really. The yeah, whole Marilyn I, I'm Bronson really thing hoping is an it Easter is. Egg. Yeah, that's kind of cool. In terms of like, I don't know why I thought about it now, but something I liked, but they only used it a couple times when the car. Okay, at the beginning when they turned around. The car, like, was, like, ch -ch -ch -ch. like, you know what I mean? It was, like, really, like, skippy how it moved. And yeah. then it did, did that something similar one more time. And I actually kind of liked that. And I guess I just thought about it because Mike was saying how things are, like, all over the place. Yeah. There was, like, a lot of random stuff. Yeah. It, and um, I was going to say, like, I, I just really like how they approached all the randomness and then as the movie progresses, like, there, so much of the randomness is like an Easter egg into the story. Well, yeah, it makes sense. That yeah. it, that it may, yeah, it make, making it make sense. But, like, I, I did want to really focus for a second on, like, as we said before, just, like, how fucking weird this movie is, but, like, really effective, where, like, our villain, or, you know, I guess our, like, quote-unquote, like, villains in this are like the lady in white 
in the man in black. Also, the guy who plays the man in black, the only other things he's in is like kids movies. <laughs> That's weird. pretty awesome. <laughs> but I thought it was like such a uh, effective device, especially like the man in black. Like I thought that was creepy. It was kind of like original. I thought it was awesome. Like where you'd see as these characters are killed off, like them in the trunk and they're like pounding on the trunk. I am curious and I I mean I guess we'd all have to go back to, you know, the the first time we saw it. But like when you guys watched it, do you remember how long it took you to be like, "Oh, like this is probably what's going on?" Like how long it act like did you know at any point in the movie you're like, "Oh, they must have gotten a car accident or No, because I the first time I saw it, I didn't see that first part. Yeah. Where he, like, falls asleep. I had no idea. Yeah. What about you, Mike? (laughs) I'm not going to be like, oh, I knew what was happening. But the first time I watched it, I did suspect that pretty much from the beginning. Because it actually reminded me of a book that I had read. A, like, teen horror thriller that I probably read when I was, like, 12 or 13 years old. Where the whole book was something similar to that. She was actually, like, driving it on the road and, like, all this weird stuff happened. And I remember at the end of it, it was like, it wasn't the exact same thing. It was, I think that like, I'm pretty sure that it was like, that she had like slit her wrists in a bathtub. And what she was experiencing was her like hallucinations while she was dying. But it kind of like smacked of that. And I feel like the writers probably maybe even read that book or like knew about it. Or I feel like that is a motif. But like, while I was watching it, it did remind me of when I read that book as a youngster. Yeah. And because of that, I was thinking, like, the the whole lack, the complete lack of um any other characters and the just the loop of, like, that completely desolate area and them just, like, wearing at each other and tearing at each other seemed to be very much a, like, we're stuck in a death loop. And so because of that, I did see it coming, which didn't diminish my enjoyment of it at all. And even yeah. watching it again, it didn't diminish my enjoyment of it. I was like, I know what's happening. And the first time I watched it, I had it. I didn't know that's what it was, but I said to my friend at the time, my roommate, I was like, I feel like, you know, they're dead and this is kind of like their limbo area or whatever. In a way, I sort of saw the twist coming, but did it did it keep me from enjoying the movie? Like, not a, not a bit. I know they were probably trying to play it as a twist, but I don't think it was as much a twist as just the progression of the plot. And it's like, the rest of it was done so well, and I just enjoyed it so much that it, I didn't give a shit. <laughs> but then halfway into the credits, which we didn't know there was another scene. Oh, yeah. It retwists it back. Yeah, let's get in. Okay, yeah, so please blow my mind, because I don't know about any credits thing because as soon as the credits come up i turned it off (laughs) both times (laughs) we never say this but i will say this now that if you didn't know there's a cut scene in the credits pause this right now then go watch it so i don't spoil it for you because they're about to spoil it for me yeah i we're gonna we don't care about mike (laughs) really it's fine so basically in the first time I saw this, I we we I just ended it when the credits came on because I'm like, oh yeah, that, that was like good. Ended it. So there's a cut scene to because if we remember, they're taking the car off the road towards the end, like the the car accident, and there's the two guys that are like cleaning the cleaning up, yeah, debris. and they find the little things to do when I get out of this. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's, that's what the, it, the scene is. Oh, I saw that. Okay, <laughs> never mind then. <laughs> 
I thought it was something like five minutes, like at the very end or whatever. No, 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 no. What I did also didn't see, which as you guys were talking, I was looking at, is there's also a scene at the very end where they show a picture of the family at what looks to be a Christmas party. Like it's okay, a, that's just even more. Confusing. It's like a picture of the family, yeah. like in holiday stuff, and then it, like what I read is just that that could allude that like they were at a Christmas party, or they did at some point arrive at a Christmas party. That just or maybe it's it, a Christmas party in hell. Who knows? Or maybe it's in the past. Maybe. Yeah, that could be the one from the year before that they keep referring to as being a horrible Christmas. But I will say, my main thing of bringing up, like, the that first cut scene with the to-do list is I liked it because I think the casting of Ray Wise is, like, very, I would assume, very, very wise. Very wise. Very methodical because the weirdness of this really did give me, like, Twin Peaks vibes. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's the surreal aspect of it yeah like everything twin peaks is so surreal and like the the blonde like daughter right it's very much like laura palmer yeah and i and i was gonna say too about the daughter like i guess it's just because it's been so long since i saw it i really thought that she died in it because i thought i had remembered some like plot line where i was like oh the baby and then i was like like she must have been pregnant and they died so like the baby died or she got an abortion like i was and like, it ties into the woman in white having the dead baby in her arms yeah, yeah. so th- it actually in this uh, like second watch the twist at the end actually really worked for me again because i didn't remember it and i was like oh i don't remember that she lived so i was just like oh that's kind of uh kind of crazy i like that they're were like the retwists after the credits or like during the credits but i kind of like how it ended yeah with well yeah yeah i agree with that i think it could have ended without that yeah i think that's just more than being like well it could be or it could not be yeah and i like that like ambiguity yeah but but i like the idea that this was just like death yeah i also really found this to be like i guess a metaphor for this year in the pandemic <laughs> because it's like a never fucking ending road that you have no idea when it's gonna <laughs> end and you're gonna escape it and you're like, we should be there, and we should be at the end in an hour. And it's yeah. like, uh, so our tank is completely out of gas, and we're fucked, and we have to walk the rest of the way. Yeah. And, and half of us have been yeah. brutally mutilated. People have died. Like, it's just that feeling of being trapped, I think. And, like dream logic or i guess in this case like nightmare logic yeah to me that's what i feel like this pandemic is like well and you know what you should do when you feel like that you should breathe through your nose and then (laughs) slowly release that is like so me every time rowan like is stressed out or anything i'm like do you want to do a meditation you're a real brat (laughs) i I, i've said to people at work recently when they went into the back room and they were having a stressful day i was like you need to do a take five (laughs) <laughs> yes take i was like i'll explain to you what a take five is it's a moment of meditation and like mindfulness 
I meditate like th two to three times a day and I, I do like guided meditation, but it's through this app called Balance. It's a sweet app and basically... It's, I, I still have Balance on my phone. Do you? Did you uh, did you get it when it was like that you got the year for free? I think so, yeah. I am obsessed with that app. So anybody that likes meditation or wants to get into it should do it. Uh, unfortunately, the p time has passed to get the year for free, but it's, I mean... Next year, I will be renewing it and paying the $100. And so I'm like, Rowan, do you, wanna, do you want me to put on a meditation for you? Like, I'm not a meditating type. Not my thing. But you know what? It's a, it's a skill you got to build. Like, you got to practice it. And... It's a skill at this point I don't want to build. But so. why? I, like, I love meditating. That's for another podcast. It makes me happy. Let's, uh, let's talk about something that doesn't make me that happy, which is, <laughs> I'm not buying that, uh, Uncle Dick is a teenager. I know, I was like, this guy looks like he's, like, our age. Possibly the worst casting of a teenager of all time. How old was he? I don't know, but he's gotta be, like, I'm assuming a teen, like, 17. No, I mean in real life. Oh, I don't know, he looks like he's about 30-something. He does. I'm gonna look up. His age, if I can. I, he was born in 1978. Oh my movie. god. <laughs> this movie came out in 2003. Someone do the math. I oh, mean, don't look at me, girl. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so he was like late 20s. I have an arts degree. I can't do math. Yeah, he was like mid-late 20s. Okay, hold on. Uh, my mom was born in 1970 and she's 50. So he's 42 now. Yeah, in this 2003. This years ago. He would be, he'd be in his late 20s. He, yeah. Yeah. He's definitely... They could have found someone in their late 20s that looked a lot younger, I think. He was... he And that friggin', like, the bangs on yeah, him it were was just a, not good. It was a bad hair going on. Uh, I do want to say that I, I know I... I really enjoyed just all the family interaction in it. I thought it was, like, pretty... Like, especially at the beginning where we don't really know... Or I guess us viewers kind of know there's something menacing going on, but they don't. Like, I thought it was, like, a pretty realistic depiction yeah. of like a family that's what i was saying like trip yeah the, like bickering and stuff yeah like, that's like so realistic i thought they did a pretty good job at that so let's get into is it scary we'll start with you exilia um, I think the first time I saw it, I thought it was scary. I think maybe halfway because I didn't really know what was going on. I think it's scary in the way that it's like the feeling of like being trapped. I, I find that scary. And I think that's what I found scary the first time I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like feeling trapped. And I'll say, I actually, and I usually always answer no to this question. I think it's scary. Like, even this watch, like, I think, I think it's unsettling. The whole, like, Lin Shay, like, unwinding and, like, not overly remembering, like, the twists and turns. And I don't want anyone to think, like, you know, when they listen to this episode that we didn't go into massive detail about this, but I also wanted to be careful because I, you know, I want to make sure we don't give everything away because I think it's exciting to watch. I mean, I think that we 
for a long time haven't really like you know said this is what happens and this is what happens it's more just a conversation about the movie i'm just saying that that don't feel that we've entirely spoiled it just because it's still a good watch if for some reason you're listening and you haven't seen it yet but yeah, I, I thought it was scary. I thought it was uh, pretty unsettling. And, and I think the twists are really good. You had something else to say, Exilia? I do, yeah. So another thing I think is scary is the car accident. Because ever since I was a kid, I felt like I was going to die in a car accident. Oh my god, of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> and it's I think that's half the reason I was really scared to get my license for a long time. And like the other day, I drove in the snow for the first time and it was a fucking blizzard. And I was so just, like, anxiety-ridden about getting in an accident. So I think that aspect is is scary as well. But then also, like, the idea of, like, what happens when we're in the process of death. Like, what happens mentally in our minds when we're in the process of death. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I'm, like, very fascinated by death, but it's mostly because it scares me. This is true. This is true. I agree. I agree with that statement. I am scared to die. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I am scared to die, and I'm scared of people close to me to die as well, but I feel like I was recommending books, like, a month ago, and I realized that (laughs) probably 50% of them are, like, explicitly about death, and I think that's a way, the way that I deal with my fear of things is to, like, over-intellectualize them. And, like, find out all the, like, the the facts about them and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so that was freaky to me. And how about you, Mike? Is it scary? Um, I would definitely say a little bit, especially the first time I watched it. And it was, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, and we were in this, like, big old creaky house, and... You have to watch it in the dark. You really do have to watch it in the dark. Less so the second time I watched it, but... I will say that it does definitely have, like, the scary factor because... And again, I think this, as all horror does, truly, I mean, like, it it depends on your kind of, like, personal, like, subjectivity. But, like, I, again, found the desolation of it, the fact that it was so in the middle of nowhere and there was no characters, like, in this whole movie. There was, like, you know, five people total could just absolutely devastating in terms of like scariness and i find and and the dwindling character count then and you know in the middle of nowhere and there's nobody else there's nobody to help you you're depending on each other and you're watching each other like fall prey and that's what one of the reasons again as i probably said while we were talking about like um the evil dead why i found that so scary was because again it was this isolated place with an incredibly limited amount of characters and they're falling one by one and you can't trust the other people and like i just found that to be uh very creepy and very scary and because of that i do find it like i mean is it scary like not so much but it is a little bit but it's also incredibly creepy and it's very unsettling and i find unsettling. that it does it does very successfully prey on that like and play up the couple of people in the middle of nowhere um aspect of the narrative which is very 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 incredibly effective that's kind of a thing too when i was thinking literally when i was watching halfway through this movie i was like oh my god this is how i feel about the pandemic yes exactly it is like and the isolation is part of that just to be like it is and the like the the the, the time loop the time stop of it and like the whole you know like 
like space and time collapses. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. I totally forgot that all their time stopped at seven. Yeah, seven. That must be so when, like, the car accident when the car accident, accident, accident happened. happened. Yeah. I think a better question is not is it scary for any movie we watch. I think it's more our gauge is like is it unsettling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that because nothing's really like. Except for... Sinister. Sinister. <laughs> I was just going to say, except for Sinister. Does it have the potential to like truly unsettle the viewer in some way? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really the point of horror. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe we'll have to change it so it'll be a, a yin or yang. Is it scary or unsettling? Or neither. Or neither. Uh, so let's get into rating it. Uh, if you don't know our rating system, our rating system is nay, okay, yay, or slay. Uh, Mike, why don't you start us off with what you give Dead End? Absolutely. I'm going to give it a yay. Um, on the second watch, true, uh, like, the fact that it was clearly, like, low budget and, you know, sort of had minimal uh, resources to pool into it was a bit more evident than the first time I watched it. But that doesn't go necessarily, like, against it. It doesn't deter from its effectiveness. Yeah, I definitely think it's a yay because I still found it unsettling and I still found it funny in a, like, darkly humorous way. I still found it intriguing. Um, the performances are really good. I, f- I think that it was well cast. I mean, yeah. Amber Smith as the lady in white. I mean, she- clearly this woman is a model who her main thing is to look good in a cheap white dress, <laughs> a Spanish dress. But, like, I don't know. I still, like like I said, for years, it was something that I vividly remembered being affected by. And I remembered the viewing of this movie. And I would always recommend it to people. And I would still say that after watching it again, you know, years later. Um, and I think that is like a testament to its, its yayness. I would still say to people, like, you should watch this movie. It's really fun. Or, you know, just, I think people should watch it even if I don't think they're going to like it. Because, you know, it's got it's got things to offer and it's thought-provoking and, uh, you know, you can discuss it. Yeah. Uh, Exilia, how about you? I'm also going to give it a yay. Something I think is interesting about this movie is that a lot of, well, I think all the other movies that we have uh, reviewed that have twists. The rewatchability is like dramatically reduced after the first time, but this one, not really, because that's not what the whole thing hinges on, I feel. Yeah. Like, it's, there's so many enjoyable parts throughout. I liked the actors, I liked the characters. I thought, exactly, I thought it was funny. I thought it was like, you know, a a fairly true depiction of, like, a nuclear family. And then I thought it was unsettling. And, yeah, so I think it's it's a well-deserved yay. Yeah, and I think uh, it's going to be unanimous. It's definitely a yay for me. I really, really like it. But, you know, I don't think it's, like, a classic... It's not like a masterpiece. A masterpiece, but it's a very effective and good horror movie. I think Mike and Exilia hit the the nail on the head where it's unsettling. Even though it's a twist movie, it has rewatchability. The cast is awesome. And, And if you really like that weird Twin Peaks kind of vibe, 
Like, this is definitely a horror movie that you would really, really enjoy. Uh, so, now that we have the rating, let's get into the budget game. So, I know how much it, uh, cost and made, and Exilia and Mike fight to the death to figure out what those prices are. <laughs> so, what it costs. Mike, we'll start with you. $12 million. $12 million. Exilia. Okay, I was going to say like $3 million at the <laughs> <best>. <laughs> They're literally in a car on a road. $3 million <laughs> from Exilia. In the movie. I mean, if I could make you both lose, I'd make you both losers. Uh, so it's only an estimate on what it cost, but BoxOfficeMojo.com claimed it it costs an estimated nine hundred thousand okay. to make. Oh my I god! Wow. Like I was thinking two million, but I was like, mm -hmm. yeah. I was just erring on the side of I always am way off. So <laughs> I, sort of, I, I sort of overcompensated. Okay. Off. I overcompensated. <laughs> now we'll say how much it made. Now I will uh, be fair and I'll let you guys know. Was it a limited theater release? Very limited. So these numbers, the claim of these numbers are from DVD sales. So I would suspect that's like rental and purchase. So how much do you think it made? And we'll start with Exilia this time. Uh. Maybe like eight million dollars. Eight million dollars, Mike. Eight million and one dollars. No, I'm kidding. Six million dollars, Bob. Six million dollars. Exilia will be the closest, <laughs> but still pretty much a loser. <laughs> it made seventy-seven million. Oh what? my god! Yeah, that's definitely you're. We're both losers, oh. girl. Oh I would not have guessed that because when I saw this, I'm like, I've never heard of this. That's so much. I was like, I don't know anyone that's ever heard of this. No. But I mean, apparently that many people. Good for the movie. Good for that. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm geez. very impressed. Maybe more people. Are you sure it doesn't say seventy-seven? It probably played million. a lot of like festivals and stuff too. Yeah. No, seventy-seven. Yeah, very, very impressive. Uh, so right now we got to get into the shameless promotion. Uh, just let everyone know if you go to Spotify, you can look up the It Slays podcast horrific playlist where we add music to, from movies we review and horror movies we like on there. I highly doubt anything from this movie will make it. Uh, <laughs> no Marilyn Bronson. On no the Marilyn Bronson on there. Uh, also follow us on all social media. It slays podcasts. We're we're everywhere. Uh, if you enjoy what you are hearing, go to patreon.com slash it slays podcasts and come join us and be a whorehound. You get lots of free stuff. You can uh, figure out what movie we're going to review because you get the pick at a certain pay tier. Uh, also, go to Redbubble uh, where you can pick up some It Slays podcast gear. So Redbubble slash It Slays podcast slash shop. If you go to Redbubble, just search It Slays podcast uh, and get, you know, a tote bag, a t-shirt, a hoodie, a blanket, whatever you want. And lastly, uh, if you get a chance, give us a review on iTunes because it shows us up further in the search engine when people are looking for horror podcasts. If you leave us a text review as along with a star review, we will read it no matter if it's good or bad. And we have definitely proven that. <laughs> 
So uh, do that. And lastly, uh, we have to announce our next movie. I should say uh, it'll be the first movie of the new year. And Exilia has this pick. Uh, So Exilia... Make your announcement. So if you have survived and made it to 2021 to hear our review of this next movie, congratulations. If the man in black hasn't gotten you. Yep, if the man in black has not gotten you. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, So basically, um, McKill underscore 426, 426, I don't know how exactly you would uh, say it, but... Um, she had posted on her story that she was watching a movie called Vivarium and there, the picture, the cover of the movie was like, I was like, Oh, like, what's that? Like, that looks something like what I would like. So I watched the trailer and I was like, okay, like, I kind of want to see this. So guess what? We're going to watch it for our next movie review. So Vivarium will be the first movie of 2021 i'm excited for this because i've heard lots of good things about it so it's uh she said it's very black mirror-ish oh we love it yeah black mirror is one of my favorite tv shows so we love a technological dystopia also known as the world we're living in at the moment (laughs) right now (laughs) so i'm down So make sure you watch that before the next episode. Uh, Before we end, I just want to say I hope everyone had or is having a happy holidays. Uh, Thank you for all the support and the love we've gotten this year. We've grown immensely and, and we're getting a lot more listens and everything's kind of growing and we appreciate all the support and can't wait to continue the journey with you uh in 2021 so as always i am your ever humble host rowan bye it's exilia happy new year enjoy your holidays it's mike bye see you later we're going to expand our weekly video segment to take you into the back shelves of your local video store. Back where it says horror videos and where kids are devouring some awful films that we call the video nasties. Are you freebasing? Inquiring minds want to know. I have to break free from this culture of mechanical reproductions and the thick encrustations dying on the surface. What the prime time gets. Pain, I can assure you, will be exquisite. As for our deaths, come with me and be immortal. We have such sights to show you. Gotta return some video.